Well, howdy, y'all, and welcome to an all-new episode of The Daily Grind. Hey, good morning, Carla. We made it through a week. Daily Grind Nation, it's Friday, oh, December 15th. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, and that means that there are nine shopping days oh, up till Christmas. Right. You I mean, don't the have, clock is ticking. You do not have to use every one of them. You no, you don't. Do because, it this weekend. Make it happen. Because you will experience the proof that time is relative. Because these nine days will go incredibly faster than the preceding nine days. Exactly. Yes. So just mm, don't waste time. On this date, December 15th, 1791, the Bill of Rights was added to the United States Constitution. Oh, that was a good ad. Yes. Nicely, nicely done. On this date in 1836, a fire destroyed the U.S. Patent Office and erased the record (gasps) of most of the first 9,957 U.S. patents. Ooh, that's bad. That is bad. On this date in 1944, band leader Glenn Miller's plane disappeared over the English Channel. No. Okay. And... I mean, Glenn Miller was like one of the biggest musical stars of his day. Right. But he was the first big, prominent music person to die in an airplane mishap. Oh, the rest of them. I should have been paying attention. I'm just saying, yeah, look, if you're in music. Don't do it. Never, ever, 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 ever get in a small aircraft. I'm just saying. (laughs) And on this date in 1954... Davy Crockett, starring Fess Parker, premiered oh. in its first miniseries. <laughs> Love that. That brings back some memories. Not from 1954, but just Davy Crockett in general. Fess yeah, Parker, and, great. And show. I will tell you, I will tell you, um, as somebody who had a coonskin hat. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and went to the Alamo. That Davy Crockett did not wear short pants. I know. Even though John David did. <laughs> Because his mom made him. And he threw a bit on the corner at the Alamo. I remember. (laughs) Dave Cockton wears short pants. So, on this date in 1970, (gasps) Soviet spacecraft Venera 7 successfully landed on Venus. Whoa! And it was the first successful soft landing on another planet. All right, there is so much more happening at Venus than I am aware (laughs) of in space history. Yes, there. Yes, I know. Okay. I know stuff we don't know about. So obviously, December fifteenth is Bill of Rights Day. Okay, as it should be. It it's also Cat Herders Day. <laughs> My day. Okay. Probably the most challenging <laughs> occupation on the planet. Oh. It's National Cupcake Day. Oh, bring it. Okay. <laughs> and then just because they can't be part of the bigger group, it's National Lemon Cupcake Day. Oh, okay. Come on, lemon cupcake. Get your just, own name. You, just you know, be, a, you, be a cupcake. Just be a cupcake. <sighs> no, we got to have, we're, it's lemon cupcake day too. Anyway. Okay. And it's National Wear Your Pearls Day. I will do it. Yeah. I'll do Wear it. Wear Your Pearls this Friday. Okay. And now it's that time on the daily grind to sharpen your wit. I'm pretty convinced, Carla, that nobody is ever going to open the time capsule that my fifth grade class buried at Nola Dunn in 1976. I don't know. Because I don't know that anybody knows where it is or what was in it. In fact, they built, there could be a building on top of it now. Yeah. 
Oh, my goodness. You know, in life, there are really two kinds of friends. Mm-hmm. Those who are around when you need them and those who are around when they need you. So, Carla. Yes. You know, phones have the asterisk and the pound sign on the bottom of them. Yes. Actually, do you know, do you know what that pound sign is actually called? Is it an... <laughs> An octothorpe by any chance. Yes, it is an octothorpe. <laughs> oh and when you think about it, you can count. Yes, it's an octothorpe. Okay. So um, we call it the pound side. Generation Z is going to know it as a hashtag. Right. I don't know. Do uh-huh. other kind of things with it. Number sign, mm-hmm. whatever. When Bell Labs designed the first touch tone phone, their system oh. had 12 tones. Yeah. So, you know, they obviously put zero in the mix, but that left them two unassigned tones. So they just used the asterisk and the octothorpe. There you go. How there about you that? Go. That's awesome. Here, here's a cartoon fact. A cat will always assume the shape of its container. <laughs> right. That's nearly true in real life. True. <laughs> Small box, whatever. They will. That's me. Let me squeeze myself in there. Just so we're we're keeping you up to date on all things Venus for you this week. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> so, Carla, do you know which planet is closest to the sun? Mercury. Yes, Mercury. Closest to the sun. Here's what's unusual, though. It is not the hottest planet in the solar system. What? Right. How come? You would think, what could be hotter than being the closest planet to the sun? Do you know the hottest planet in the solar system? No. Venus. Is it it's Venus? Venus. Oh. <laughs> because it has atmosphere. Oh. Mercury is so close it doesn't have one. Venus is close to the sun, but far enough to still have atmosphere. And its atmosphere traps all its heat. So oh. it is the hottest planet in our solar system. And yet, pe- some country that I can't remember landed a craft there. So- the Soviet Union okay. in 1970. Oh. Yes, this week. Okay. Crazy. On the hottest yeah. planet. Okay. What would you get if Santa Claus became a detective? I don't know. <laughs> I don't you know. would have a Santa Claus. Oh, you would. Okay. <laughs> That'll be fun. So, Carla, who delivers presents to baby sharks at Christmas? Oh, I don't know. Santa Jaws. Oh, no. That's terrible. That is terrible. I know. His name's Bruce. Okay. Oh, God. All right. Hey, here's my last bit of just Christmas trivia. In Dickens' classic A Christmas Carol, Yes. how many ghosts are there? Well, three I can think of, so that probably means there's more. I'm going to go with four. Four would be the right <gasps> okay. answer. Yes, there is the ghost of Christmas present, mm-hmm. the ghost of Christmas present past the ghost of christmas future Future. really creepy and there is marley oh there is okay right the fourth guy yeah he's often overlooked most people go three three was too obvious okay yeah way to be there so hey enjoy your weekend will do gotta finish my um, christmas shopping (laughs) Yes, you do, because tomorrow, Saturday, is eight days. So try to get it done before there's a week. Right. That would be good. That's a good goal. Okay. Yes. Will do. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Well, listen, Daily Grind Nation, big sister, have a great weekend. Enjoy your week. And we will see you next week yes. for more episodes of the Daily Grind. Yes. Happy weekend, everyone. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich your faith. And it's Friday, and Fridays means that it's not just John, but I'm here with... Marisa, I'm here. Yes, Friday's with Marisa. And we are going through this journey through the Old Testament, starting in Genesis, looking at God's promise to bless all nations through his people. We did a big overview, layout of the Bible, and then we spent some time in Genesis on God's call to Abraham. In chapter 22. Mm -hmm. So a lot's happened. Marisa, just talk to me a little bit about your reactions to Genesis 22. Okay. First of all, John, I just want to say, how can you take me from Psalms to Genesis? I was not happy and I am so like distraught. It's like all these, all these emotions I have right now. Started reading this Tuesday. (laughs) Yes. So. So told me. If, did you, I can't remember in the, in the notes, did you put that we're reading Genesis 22 and then Galatians? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I said you, you can go look at some Galatians chapter All three right. in there too. Yeah. So first and foremost, John, thank you for my Bible that I used. Um, so I was all happy. I opened up my nice, beautiful leather bound book and I was all happy to read. I was like, oh, God came through on this promise, gave Abraham a son, like good for him. Yay. Even though he's like 99 years old, 100 years old. And then we realized that he had a son, Ishmael. I'm like, okay, this is this is cool. Not, you know, ideal, but this is still going. And then you wrote on the little notes, the sacrifice of Isaac. And so all of a sudden, I see that God has straight up told Abraham he needs to sacrifice his son. And I paused and I went back and read what we read last week because how is he supposed to be the promise, the person, the the child that's supposed to be born of Abraham, the promised, and then now he's asking him to sacrifice his son. So Tuesday, I read this. I was so distraught. I closed the Bible, closed it, and I called you. And John, I'm still not happy with this. But I was so distraught, people. Like, I want you to understand is that I was, my voice was wavering. I was upset because I'm like, how can God make all of these covenants with Abraham? And then all of a sudden tell him, I need you to sacrifice your son for me. Oh, yeah, because you three named me. I mean, you called me and you you straight up gave me the John David Spitzer. What is I, going on? I did, what do you, you have in me read? I did. I did. You asked me what I said. I go, John, no, I'm sorry. John David Spencer. How dare you take me from the Psalms? <laughs> Where we're talking about love and trust and all these wonderful things, hope and faith. And then you take me to Genesis. It is Abraham. And he has, and God tells him to sacrifice his son. And I just wanted to know that a day and a half, I said, I refuse to read. I refused to read anymore. The minute I read that, I was like, I got to stop. And I know you told me, don't turn the movie off. Don't, don't stop. Don't don't, don't walk out in the middle of the show. It's good. It was it was uh, intense, but then I was like, okay, you know what? We're gonna talk about it. I really need to pick it up again and finish. So I I reread what we read last week again because I was like, maybe I missed something. Then I re- started reading from Genesis twenty two. So now he's asked to sacrifice his son Isaac, and he goes through with it. He straight up says, okay, come on, son, we're gonna go out. And he takes two servants. He takes his son Isaac. And then he tells the servants, and I mean, I don't know what he tells his wife. 
And then he goes off and he says, you know, you two stay here. Me and my son, we're going to go build an altar. Oh, here, here, son, carry this wood. Cause I'm, you know, for the sacrifice, the lamb that's going to be sacrificed. And then the sons walk and say, Hey pops, you know, where's the lamb man? And then they get up there. He builds this altar. Oh yeah. Puts them on there, it. Constructs yeah. it, then binds his son to it, pulls out a knife. And right before he's about to stab him, then the angel shows up and it's like, no, JK, JK, just kidding. We don't need you to sacrifice. There's a ram over there. And you know, John, I no. just, I, Oh my gosh, John! I I can't. It like, is. I, so... I I understand. I understand the the point. Like I I, I yeah. read it. I understand what the message is. It's because he had faith in God that everything was gonna be okay. But I'm telling you, I'm like I wouldn't even do that to my dog if a voice or the heavens, a supreme line said you're gonna have to sacrifice Lola. I'd be like, uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> and that's a dog. <laughs> So I'm, it, John, I, this does not sit well with me. I am not okay. And I, we, we have to talk about this. It is okay to not be okay with this story. This is really one of the most difficult and shocking stories in the Bible. The story of Abraham and Isaac. God makes this, like you just said it, this unimaginable request. Oh, you know, and tells, just, let's, let me, I need to go back because the, there's another key word in here. It's it's the angel comes down and says, because you feared God, you know, we know that you're faithful, basically. Mm-hmm. That word fear also. I, I, John, this is this is this is intense. It is. Let's let's do the setting though, because what is always most important when we're reading context out of the Bible. Context. Yes. Okay. And, and again, it is so hard not to project our 21st century senses of morality and value of life all these things have always been a part of what god has but let's face it four thousand years ago and really what was a practice mm-hmm. abraham is living in the land of canaan and the canaanites one of the deities of fertility that they worship they practice as a people human sacrifice like child sacrifice is a thing that these Bronze Age folks practice. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not unheard of. Thought of it to us is just offensive and jarring. I mean, I'll admit it. I've tried to get, what would that be like? And I can't even imagine it. I can't get that far. And you know, and you know that this is like an ongoing, um, like, oh yeah. I'm, I don't want to say arc, but you see it in different types of like faiths. I mean, even if you look at something like, the Mayans or the stuff like that, you know, the yes. sacrifice of a, of a person or, yeah, where, you know, where does that come like, from? Yeah. The, and, the, and oh, a Egyptians person needs and, to get killed. You know, some, yeah. but like, it, it doesn't matter what culture or what anything. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. Part of what's going on here is uh-huh. again, the request would have been like, what? Like, I'm not sure, but Abraham would have even heard that ask different than we would. Mm-hmm. Now, He's got a unique situation, though, because most people, it's like, hey, you know, the fertility God and, you know, you've got 10 kids. So number 11 is mine. You know, that's what we do. But Abraham is like, man, they got none. And then they finally get one. And he's like a miracle. Medical journals would have been writing studies on how in the world 
this man and this woman conceived and, you know, had a child. Right. And God says, hey, I want you to sacrifice him. Still painful, still anguish. But again, it's so hard to go, yes, horrible. And it, and it should. I mean, I think you and I have talked and I've said, this story should, no one should be comfortable with this story. I mean, if you are, something's wrong with you. <laughs> or you've never really thought about the fact that these are real people in the story and that there's drama going on. Because it's, you know, these are not just one-dimensional kind of characters in a story, but there's a lot going on here. And like you said, it's been a long time going. I mean, from Abraham hearing a God who calls him to go to a place. And so it's faith journey after faith journey. But what we don't hear is that God's like talking to Abraham all the time. It's like, he's like dropping in and out, you know? Oh, hey, uh-huh. now I need you to do this. Oh, you know what? Now, how about that? And one, so a few things about this story that always make me go, huh? You know, heavenly visitors show up with Abraham to tell him, you know, he's going to have a child a year from now. And Hey, we're on our way down there to, totally obliterate Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and Abraham goes, uh, well, what if there's a good person living there? What if there's a hundred? What if there's, I mean, so, but he starts having this argument, negotiation, debate with God about him wiping out this city. Did you, you did you remember reading that? Like in God says, he's going to do it. He ends up having this whole back and forth, but God, what if there's like, would you not, would you spare it if there were, you know, 50 righteous people? In the, yes, I would. And he goes, well, what about if there were 10? What if there were, you know, and he finally gets down. He says, you know what? If there's somebody in that town that's righteous, you know, I will say my wrath. There was all this. What about this? What about this? Over a city full of people he doesn't know. Yeah. And then he says, I want you to sacrifice your son. There's no, well, how about 20 cows? I know. How about Sarah? Right. Well, and, and, that's, and what's, what's more intense about it is just the wording because it says, yes. you know, it's like, it's, it says here, it says, take now your son, your only, your only son, son whom, whom you, love. you love. Yes. Like, that part. And then like, and offer him there as a burnt offering. But I'm um, like, your only whom you love. I love reading through the Bible with you because first of all, your radar for like, wow, this is really significant picks up on it because it's important that he goes, take your son, your only son, whom you love and make him a sacrifice. So a burnt offering, that means you got to kill him. And then you've got to sit there and start a fire. And you got, I mean, it's like this whole thing you're asking him to undertake. Mm-hmm. Oh, terrible. We don't know how old he is, but you know, he's old enough to go on a trip like this and to carry a bundle of wood up a mount and that's the other part john that's the other part <laughs> like not only is he like okay and he's like isaac says to abraham my father he said here i am my son he's like you know but where's the lamb for the burnt sacrifice so he's carrying this wood the wood that he's about to be sacrificed on john like how is that that's not okay that's not okay. now the if picture was, if we made this into a movie right now <laughs> People would be like, what the heck is happening? I, actually, I think there is a movie of this story out there. Is it really? Yeah. There's some things that we need to know. There's no formal of Yahweh at this time, of El Shaddai. Like, there's no 
sacred texts. There's no rituals. There's no temples. So there's Abra- everything that he asked Abraham to do. It's the first time somebody's really kind of doing it, and he's just telling him about it. We know later that God is really going to lay down some severe guidelines to say that human sacrifice, although it was commonplace in the ancient world, a lot mm-hmm. of nations made it a regular practice. Uh God says that it's forbidden and he will lay that out like in Deuteronomy 18 and Leviticus 18 um, that, that he said, Israelites, my people, we're, we are going to be completely different than every other one of these cultures, because I will tell you that that is detestable. It is kind of strange that God's asking him to do it. But again, we're going to go ahead and spoil this one as we talk about it, but he didn't. But, I've but spared this is you like from the it. first, but John, this is like the first. It's like, okay, Abraham, like I said, I promised you this. Yes. The son whom you love, sacrifice him. And granted, they did stop it. And and yeah. that does show the, the sense of faith. I mean, obviously, that's like a great and wonderful thing. I'm not saying that. But then I'm sitting there going, I'm like, okay, let's, let's just kind of jump back over to New Testament. He sacrificed his only son, too. And I'm like, wait a second. What well, no, this? that's, but, oh, my gosh. But that is really the picture. God doesn't mind playing the long, long game. No, and I think he, he knew this story would be one that when I read it, when you read it, when we interact with it in a way, it it can't help but elicit discomfort and an emotional reaction and response. And I think there's part of that, that God is really trying to say, I just want you to know that it was at great cost that I chose to love and redeem a people. And that this is how I was going to do it. And there's all this imagery of Jesus having to carry his cross up to Calvary. I mean, that was the Roman thing. Like you, you have to carry the very thing that we're going to kill you on. Just like Isaac is carrying the wood. That's going to be turned into an altar. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, so oh. some powerful images that are going on there. Cause again, it's in a world where that was not so God doesn't want Israel they don't exist yet. So right. he hasn't said any of those words that it's forbidden, but he's, but he's calling this. So yeah, I think it's, and it's, also he's, like I said, there's a couple of problems here. One that he asked that God asked him to do this. Okay, Two, that Abraham, yeah. Abraham was like going to go through with it. Three is that we're not going to go through. He went through with it. He just got stopped by the angel. Three is that God comes back down. You know, in the form of the angels to so like, stop, stop. And, and this is the part, it's, it's the wording, because it says, and he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. I'm like, you just told me to. And now you're telling me to stop. And it yeah. says, for now, I know that you fear, again, that word fear and revere God, since you have not held back from capital me or begrudged giving me your son, your only son. I was like, what the heck kind of mind game is that? we'll start breaking the story down right there in the beginning of 22. Okay. There's some odd things too. And you said it. Cause he said, take your son, your only son, whom you love Isaac. Then he named him. Mm-hmm. And then he gives them go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you like, he didn't even tell him where he's going again. He has to just head out to mm-hmm. a destination where this horrible event's going to occur. 
but he doesn't even know where it is. I'm always kind of like, at that point, there's no, how about me, God? How about if I just go and I will plunge the knife into my own heart, set myself on fire for you? He doesn't, there's no argument. It's subdued. We don't know, but there's nothing recorded that he ever mentions anything to Sarah. Hey, you know, we're going to go do father-son stuff. Yeah. Him and the servants and they just boom they head out to this place they don't know and it's a long journey you know i i can't imagine how heavy every footstep that abraham took was because just because he said i will do this doesn't mean that he was excited about it no and i don't think he was either i don't think he was either i think he was like but abraham only knows a world full of people who worship gods that wouldn't bat an eye at sacrificing a human. And I mean, that's the, the world he's living in. But at this yeah. point, he must have assumed, you know, because he's discovering. So he's going, I, I don't know God in and out. Like we've, we've been talking for a while, but I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe this is okay. You know, gods are like this. Mm-hmm. You know, they demand something of you and you've got to oblige, you know, what they request. But I also think that it's important when he gets there, he says to the servants, it says Abraham said to the servants, settle down and stay here with the donkey. And I and the young man will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And then there's a little note here. That's a S on mine. It says Abraham was not lying to his servants or trying to deceive them. Part of this point, because and you picked up on it. Fear like when we think of fear, man, it t- my brain, I have to know kind of the context to think, oh, we're talking about an old type reverence. Because if you tell me, hey, you know, fear, I'm immediately going to think of something scary, something you're afraid of, something that terrifies you. Abraham, I think, is really displayed here. Because I don't know who God is completely. I don't know what he's all about, but I do know that I I can, I've decided to trust him. Everything he has so far told and promised me has come about, including he's told me, I'm going to give you a child. I, I got one. I'm going to make you this father. I brought you to this land. You did. And I think he meant it when he said, look, I don't understand what's going to happen. I don't know how things are going to play out. But all I know is God's made me this promise. Mm-hmm. And this child is part of it. And so we're going to go up here. And then we're going to come back. Does Isaac, <laughs> serious. I, you know, so I do have that. So does Isaac have a story? Does he tell like, dang, my dad oh. was about to sacrifice me. So we never, we never fully hear his side of this story. But what we do know is that Isaac grew up having faith and trust in God. Okay. And is part of, cause the people of Israel, cause that's, who's getting formed and developed here. This is the, the foundations that are getting laid for God's people. And they will always refer back to the patriarchs and they will say to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob is going to be one of Isaac's sons. So they talk to those generations as being the, that is our heritage. And it's the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac didn't grow up to be rebellious and a (laughs) non-believer. He had a faith that, came out of this as well but yeah, i don't but, know how you could forgive your father he's just sitting there i'm like oh i'm laying on this wood okay you're binding me to this thing okay 
Well, but at the same point, if you think about it, because I can understand why Isaac has faith in God, because first of all, an angel came down and stopped it from happening. So as a person, like this is hindsight. After we had this discussion, I'm sitting here thinking about, I was like, okay, if I saw a Supreme being come down and stop and be like, oh, look, they just saved me. Yeah. And I'd be like, wow. I love really him so this. much. And you know what? <laughs> my father, my father was believing this and this happened. So you know what? I a hundred percent, like I get that part, yeah, but it's still some... a part of me is kind of like, but how can you forgive your father? Okay. Oh, Cause we you recognize it's a Supreme being, but it's like, you... cool. But you literally were going to sacrifice me. Your only son. Right. Cause if, again, our culture, if, you know, if, I told you, I think God told me to take Jesse camping and while we're out there, I'm going to sacrifice him. I'd be like, what the hell is wrong with you? You would probably go, hey, can you hang on a minute? I've got another call. And you would be calling 911. And you would go, get over to John's address. So I'm going to go check up on him right now. Because he is mentally unstable. I mean, like, there's something wrong with him. And when we talked, when we talked on Tuesday, and even when we talked um, earlier this week, I, I mean, I appreciate you explaining that because you're right. Context and history at the time, it was common. It was common to do animal sacrifices, human sacrifices, as a way to appease, you know, the god of that time. But oh, it's still unsettling. It is. It's a crazy. It's a disturbing story. And so what in the world are we supposed to do with it? I think that's the thing is we unpack this kind of stuff for us. Part of it is I can embrace it as part of an ancient text that tells an ancient narrative of how God begins to reveal himself to certain individuals that he is going to establish as his chosen people who will be his mechanism to bring salvation and redemption to everyone on planet Earth. But it's more than just a story that I think we need to read like that. I think that there are some things that we can learn from the story of God's request. Well, the first thing that I actually wrote down, talk about learning. I I find Uh that that I learn when I can ask myself more questions. And the first question I asked myself enough that I actually stopped my husband and said, I need to ask you a question. But it is, what is the, the question I wrote then is, what is the nature of faith? Mm. Because what I consider faith means to be personally, how it's demonstrated in my life, but that tangible and challenging way, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was like the question, like, what is the nature of faith? I'm like, that's like the main thing. Because I, under- I understand what the whole story is or what the whole message is, not story, the message is. Like, I see it as a whole. It's just that's a it's a very graphic way to have viewed this for it me. Is. Or read this and, to have read this. And I think in, in our modern culture, I think there's a lot of people that would say faith kind of synonymous with wish and desire. Like I I hope that I oh, believe I that. But that. yeah. But it, but it's not. It is something, it's much more substantive. It is a thing that you will take action on. Like, and we exercise faith all the time. Like every time you go to work and you sit in your office chair, you exercise chair faith. I mean, there's an element of faith that you go, I believe that that chair is not going to collapse on me. Fold mm-hmm. down. Like I believe that it can support me. And then I'm going to act on that belief. And it's yeah. that acting on the belief is that's kind of, is where faith comes in. 
for me, it was, I, I, I can't help but feel deeply unsettled by the idea of a father being willing to sacrifice his son. And mm-hmm. then also Isaac just seemingly to like allow it to happen. And it yeah. goes against my every instinct I have about like what parental protection is and a trust a child places in a parent. Like those are the two big things that like immediately stuck out. And, yeah. I, and I know, I know that this has been, you know, a discussion, you know, in theological significance and debated. Oh, I mean, there's no way this is for thousands and right. thousands of but years. It, people have it gone. It makes you think. It makes what? you think about what faith is and obedience and sacrifice in those extreme terms. And that's why I, I go back to that question is like, what is what, what is, is faith? faith? And oh, I don't God. I don't know that you could have faith without questions. You know, and uh, that you can't have faith if you're if there's some things that you're not that you're mostly sure of, because if you're if you're absolutely confident in it, then acting on it in some ways is really not much faith involved. And and, you know, John, I'm actually I'm curious to everybody who is taking the time to listen to this podcast. Uh I'm actually really curious to hear how others feel about this. If you can send a little message to John and maybe he can share with me at some time. But I. I like to see like how it hit other people and people that have that um, are vested in in Christianity and the Bible uh-huh. that they grew up with it. I'm really curious because okay. this is just me saying that, but I oh, think that would be kind of cool if if the listeners would like to uh, like how do you reconcile with these different aspects, especially with like your personal and then your spiritual. So in the oh. show notes, I will have I've got a podcast email. Uh, it'll be in there. So yeah, I, I'll put that question in there too. Uh, I'll ask everybody to go, Hey, drop us a line, drop us a note, say, Hey, this is how, what faith kind of means to me. Honestly, John, like, like many of the stories in, in the Bible, I mean, I know that there's going to be things that evoke strong feelings, which is why I'm like, how dare you take me out of the Psalms? I was happy there, <laughs> comfortable there. Even when I was questioning things, it was still safe. Um, but you know, it can evoke those strong feelings. And it, it, le- it left me with more questions than answers. Um, and, you know, it's just a reminder of the complexity and, and you know, what ancient texts are and how it touches our lives to this day. And, like, that's, that's how this really, really hit me. Even when, we, when you had me read the Galatians part of it, mm-hmm. like, I, I see it. I see the parallels and I see what Paul is saying. But it's still, it was still tough. It is tough. And, and hopefully... 10 years from now, if you reread this story, it should still be tough. It's still tough for me. First of all, I think God is showing Abraham and Isaac and the people that are going to come out of their lineage and story that, hey, I'm different. That I'm, I'm unlike the gods of your day. That in other religions, you had to do work. You had to make sacrifice. And I think God is saying that's really stuff that men have made up. I have a system in which I'm going to do all the heavy lifting. There is still this responsibility, but it's a partnership. And I am going to be the one that comes to you. I'm not going to ask you to come up to me. And in fact, that's what Christmas is. I- Emmanuel, one of those names that we sing Christmas carols, Emmanuel, you know, is means God with us. Like I am going to, I'm going to put on an earth suit and just walk around in a flesh and bone outfit just like y'all the other thing is that god did you know again he did what what we couldn't do i will tell you 
I mean, I've studied this and I have tried. In fact, I remember reading this story as a new dad when Joe was little. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I could not, I tried to imagine what it would be like. You know, I mean, I was like tying him down, raising that knife, and I, I couldn't do it. And I just, I just couldn't even make myself imagine it. So I can't imagine physically actually going through with it. Silently calls nine one one. So, so, but I'm just saying because the thought, the thought of it to me was just sickening. It was disturbing. I couldn't, I couldn't even pretend to do it. Oh. But what I do know. Yeah, because it would have been one of those six. I don't care what God said, what he promised. You know, I don't know that I would have had that kind of faith. But when I really sit down and think about the story, it is so disturbing. And I think that's the point. And because I think that's how we're supposed to feel. I think that the visceral reaction that we have to this are the same that God has. I mean, it is this crazy request, but it all points to a thing that God says, this is how great my love for y'all is that you need to understand that it's not a, okay, I'll pay that fine for you. No, it is costly. It is sacrificial. I've spent a lot of time. I think a lot of my life reading this story, I would be disturbed by the request that God made for Abraham, but I don't think I spent enough time disturbed by what God did in actually sacrificing his son. Like he, like he went through with it. And, and I think that's one of the points, you know, God stopped Abraham, but he stood there and watched the nails get driven into Jesus and a crown of thorns get beaten into his head and insults hurled at him. And he watched as he was struggling for air and, you know, and was just whipped. And that story should disturb us just as much, if not more. So I, you know, this may be spoilers, and we don't have to answer. Oh, that's right fine. Now, but um, is the book's been around but, for a while? If you hadn't, people hadn't yeah, read it. I, it's uh, it's on them. That's true. <laughs> it's not like this just but, came out yesterday. But um, but did Jesus know he was going to be sacrificed? Yeah, in fact. Okay, so I think that's the difference. I think that's it, the reason why this this actually. I mean, not that I I think that Jesus should have been sacrificed either, and I understand the bigger picture of that. Well, I'm sure I will eventually. But I think that's, again, is I'm sitting there thinking about it. And I know you and I discussed this off mm-hmm. um, offline is, you know, three days it took him to get there. Well, Abraham those three days carrying, are important too. Abraham, Abraham is carrying yep. the thought and the weight of what he's about to do. And Isaac, let's just, let's just give him an age. Let's give him like 14, 15. Yeah. And that's let's just good. say he's sitting there. He's like, yeah, I'm carrying this for my pops. I'm helping him out. I'm a man. I'm doing whatever I have to do to help him. You know, it's kind of oblivious to it. Or is he? Or was he preparing his son for those three days saying, son, I'm going to let you know something. Like, did they have like a deep discussion? Because there's no... Might it have, it. We, it, this is one of those things where what we will find in the Old Testament is that the people who chose to write stuff down sometimes will go into great detail on stuff that I go, I could care less about that. I don't yeah, care. I don't care if he, I don't care if he I don't, saddled his donkey. I need to yeah. know... Did he, <laughs> I want to know what did you guys talk about for three days? Because because what you just said, it it might have been this silent dread for three days where he's just kind of pushing off his questions. Or he might have said, son, let me tell you how you got here. The God of the universe called your mom and I and said, go to a place I'll show you. And he showed us. 
And then we were way beyond ever. We should not have had children. And God gave us you as a promise. I mean, he may have gotten to the point where, you know, Isaac was like, you know what? I believe too. So I'm all in as well. I, we just don't know. And that is one of the, oh, those word misers. I want to go, man, you couldn't fill that part of the story in. <laughs> so, Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's the part because I, I'm not that, that, well, actually, no, I take it back. That does change it significantly because it's kind of like, did Isaac have time to prepare to say, this is going to happen. And my dad has faith and I have faith in my father. Because mm. it's if you, if you it, look at it this way, it's actually more like okay, they all they all three were crazy, but <laughs> no, they all three understood what this was going to mean. And like I yeah. said, these are things that afterthoughts after we spoke, yeah. but it all sort of was talking about like, well, they were three days walking over here, and Isaac's carrying the wood, and his dad's carrying the fire and the knife, and he's like, hey, you know, and it, hey, and it's still. It still doesn't mean that it wasn't difficult and there wasn't a little bit of, oh, but I don't know. In fact, as we think about it as a, as a foreshadowing of what Jesus is going to do someday, before the crucifixion, Jesus knew. And, it, and his prayer was, Father, if there is any other way, let this cup pass from me. Like I, you know, if there's any other way, but then he makes this resolute statement that says, but at the end of it all, it's not my will. It is yours and I will obey. Yeah. And that is just like, Oh my goodness. It wasn't this easy. Oh, I got this. Cause I know it's going to, no, like it's going to be painful. I'm going to be separated. I'm going to take this. So I think there's a little bit of that going on. Even if you have built that faith story. It's one thing to talk about it and go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intellectually agreeing with you. And I think I have the faith. And then it's like, Hey, um, Hey, we're building this altar. And then it when it comes time for you to start putting leather straps around my hands and my ankles and laying me on it, you know, that there's a little bit of, well, but it is that desperate. And I think the last thing though, to just take away from all this for me is that in the end, both back in the day, in this story, both in present time, right now in 2023, while we're on the Daily Grind podcast, God provides. I think I think if I could sum all this kind of stuff up, I would say it just points to the fact that he provides. He provided that ram for Abraham. He provided his son for us. Um, but he is somebody who is still with us. Right now, even in the middle of our, whatever it is, our struggles, our sickness, our suffering, our disappointment, our loss, our celebrations, our joys, our victories, whatever is right in front of us, God's right here with you and me because he will provide. It's just that sometimes his provision, like this story, is going to look like ways that we would never have conceptualized. Absolutely. Um. But I appreciate the fact that you didn't close the book and keep it closed. You opened it back up. Well, I, just, I told you. I told just, you just that I was good. going to jump in with two feet. So I was I'm like, gonna, oh, I can't give it back quickly. But I'm going to read this thing. Now, I will tell you, we will read some weird other stories. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you so I much. Don't think, I appreciate it. Yeah, because there's just going to be some stuff coming that you're going, what? What? Well, but, this, book is, this book is pretty thick. But none of them, I don't think, are as jarring as this one. Like this one, once you get past this one, you're going to go, okay, 
I, I think this one in the Old Testament might be the one that I go, okay, wow, that is the one that I find the most disturbing. There's going to be some violence. There's going to be some gore. There's going to be some what appears to be really injustice. Uh, there'll be, but because you know why? Because it's a story that involves people. And anytime you get groups of people together, you know what you're going to find? Man, mm. they, they can do some nasty stuff. Yeah. But God's in that story, which also is to me overwhelming that I want to go knowing, knowing just my propensity to be just a five-star selfish pig and that God goes, but I still, boy, I love that boy. Um, is like, because I can't, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around unconditional love. I mean, I get glimpses of it, you know, like I love my kids because they're mine even when they don't make choices that I think are the best or they <laughs> have chosen some things that I go, mm, wish I hadn't done that. Um, I never stop loving them. Right. Um, and I'm flawed and broken and man, God does that at a perfect level. So, Hey, I will give you as always the last kind of questions, comments wraps up. And it's, and as we will go on looking next week at Isaac's, son Jacob so we'll you know again I would encourage you to read through we can talk about stuff but we're going to zero in on Genesis 28 and then 35 look at uh Jacob and you know God uses some people too that I go really you picked him God, <laughs> <laughs> well, well done well done David this is all I have to say <laughs> um obviously this is about faith or trust even through the tough times Mm-hmm. Um, that this is actually a part of the bigger story. Like you said, the parallel uh, between Old Testament and New Testament and the big promise. Big promise. It's a big promise. Yeah. And yeah. you really think about it that way. And, and again, it is, to me, I still ask myself, what is the nature of faith? And then what is the significance mm-hmm. of God's promise? Because like I said, he gave him everything and then still asked him to do this. And although I, like I said, I, I get it, but I'm telling you that this was a hard thing for me to swallow, but I'm glad I stuck with the story and read the whole way through. My, my mom and talking about this story, she used those nearly exact words. She goes, I understand this, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And so I just, I'm so, I can't tell you enough how so indebted I am to you because you have just even brought new excitement in life to me. And I love the Bible. I've studied it. I've gone to school over it and some stuff, but you, I just think, man, Reach is reading this. It's the first time ever Mm -hmm. that she's read this and your interaction with it. It's just it, man, it does my heart good. And I love it. And I love your insights and your willingness to be on this journey and to ask questions. So uh, it is so mutual. So I just want you to know that this is such a, you're helping my faith, just like I hope I get to play a role in helping yours along, that that it is mutual, mutually beneficial, and um, that it's not, you know, one, one way or lopsided in any way. Well, John, I'm just letting you know is that I am still in. So I will be here for good. next Friday. Right, you, haven't, you haven't you haven't scared me off yet. I mean, you're pretty darn you're pretty darn close. 
Good. Well, I mean, seriously, if you can if you can hang around after child sacrifice, what's going to run you off? I mean, seriously. So, <laughs> absolutely. But thank thank you, John, for this. But you know, uh, like I said, every once in a while, you know, throw me a bone, give me give me a give me a psalm again. <laughs> now, as we keep going, I will tell you, we will hit one of my favorite. We kind of end up Genesis with my all time favorite story and character, Joseph. Just okay. oh yeah. You will, oh. you will dig it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, hang in there. Everybody on the Daily Grind, listen, uh, in the show notes, I will drop my podcast email. Uh, would love it. We may spend some time on some Fridays uh, answering or reading just a few people's questions that they have or their faith responses to things. Uh, that's a great suggestion. So do that. Do all the podcast stuff. If you like what we're doing, rate it review it, share it with your friends. It helps it spread. And it is spreading. Maurice and I looked at some stats today and we're in like five continents, 17 countries, 40 states here in the U.S. So yep. <laughs> it's um, that either says something about the lack of sophistication and taste of people that, <laughs> that listen to podcasts <laughs> or that there's some other thing going. But But do all that podcast stuff and then by all means, have a great weekend. Join us next week on episodes of The Daily Grind, but be sure and join us back.